becoming you beyond deconstruction because deconstruction isn't the end goal living a vibrant soul aligned life is welcome back to another episode of becoming you beyond deconstruction i know it's been a long time since i've released a podcast episode um so much has been happening in my life and i did write a post about why i had this long break in my um blog my newsletter so if you're not yet a subscriber you can subscribe for free um but basically i realized that i needed to slow things right down um just really quickly before i go into today's episode i think you know we live in such a fast world and the consequence of of living this way means that we often are disconnected to our own truth and right at the beginning of the year one of my intentions one of my my deep goals was to live from soul and in order to live from soul you need to be connected to all of you not just the soul element but the body really be embodied and so i was just realizing that i was just going too fast i was doing too much to really live from this embodied space and i just re- really needed to create space around me so that what i was putting out into the world was really truly from me and of me um yeah aligned in that way so without much further ado let's get into today's episode so today um i want to talk about the nature of god so i've entitled this episode from god where are you to god who are you i often say that the catalyst for my deconstructing was becoming a mum to a little girl um, and seeing myself reflected in her and not wanting her to go through what I went through but if I go back deeper if I peel deep beneath the layers actually it started way before I I gave birth way before I became a mum way before I fell pregnant and it was really the result of me feeling angry and betrayed by god feeling so angry with god i spent years in a toxic and traumatic relationship and home environment growing up in 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 a really difficult home environment and i think finding god and giving my life to god was a way of me trying to create safety and a way of me trying to receive and experience love in a nurturing and safe way as a parent i understand that how our children grow is in big part it's a consequence of how we've parented them how they feel safe in the world how they feel love is a consequence of how we've parented them and so i had spent years in this 
quote unquote relationship with God as father and God as savior. And when I finally broke free of all that toxicity in my life, I was under the belief that it would mean now I could create and live a happier and healthier life. And I felt that, you know, because I had God as my father and because, you know, I'd I'd been, you know, doing my best to follow God and to be a good Christian and doing all the things for so long that it was going to be a given. Now things were finally going to work in my favor. And when it didn't happen that way, I really did feel so betrayed and so angry, but not only betrayed and angry, I felt unsafe and very alone. I had given my heart, my soul, my everything to this God, believing that they had my back and wanted the best for me, believing that they would protect me and make my road straight so I wouldn't go back into some of those situations that I'd finally gone out of. That life would be different now that I had extricated myself from those situations. But it wasn't. It wasn't, and I felt so unsafe and so alone. And as somebody who's been through trauma in different in different guises, trust is a huge thing for me, and God broke that trust. And so I couldn't simply continue on as if nothing had happened. The only God I knew was the Christian God that I had been raised with, <clears throat> And I just felt like that image, that conception of God was a big fat lie. And at that time, I didn't have the headspace to begin to deconstruct and try and figure it out. So instead, I just chose to stop thinking about God. I just, I woosard and I left God out of the equation and just focused on licking my wounds and getting through life and, you know, just basically making it through day by day. And I know that I'm not alone in saying that when we have personal life issues or challenges, it causes us to question um, our God beliefs, our faith beliefs. When life gets hard, many people ask the question, God, where are you? Where are you in this? Where are you in the midst of this storm? Where are you in the midst of this pain? Where are you in the midst of this evil and and this struggle? Where are you in the midst of all this chaos? But for me, that question kind of felt irrelevant. I knew, even though I was super angry with God, I knew that there was a God out there somewhere. It For me, it was more about why doesn't God intervene when I am crying ugly, snotty tears until I can no longer squeeze any moisture out from between my eyelids? Why aren't you answering me? So for me, it was the realisation that I had been fed a false image of a supernatural God who could do all and would do all if we were good enough Christians. But the truth is that I don't actually think that's how the divine works. And so for me, more important than asking God, where are you? Is beginning to understand God, who are you? What are you? 
I realized that my sense of anger and betrayal came from believing that God was one thing. But what I was really angry about was the false image that I was given, the false image of an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God painted by the Christian faith. I also think that this is a reason why so many people blame God when bad things happen in the world or when life goes wrong. It's because we have bought into this Christianized image of an all-powerful, all-knowing and sometimes all-loving creator and lord of everything. So it makes sense that if God is such an all-powerful and all-knowing creator who is everywhere at all times, then we should get angry and upset when bad things happen to us, especially if we have been doing our best to live faithfully as we see it. So for me, it seems that people aren't necessarily rejecting God. They are rejecting the popularized image of God and rightfully so. For me that image of God just doesn't work and if you're going to believe something you might as well believe something that's going to work for you. So rather than simply believing an image of God just because it's what we've learned or inherited culturally or through society and then we get upset because you know God isn't who we thought or what we were told, it makes more sense to me to ask questions about the nature of God and go dig in for ourselves to find something that makes sense and is meaningful to us. Like most things, what we believe has a consequence and what we believe about God has a consequence for us. It has a consequence on how we choose to live our life It has a consequence on our health and well-being, on our relationships, on basically more or less all elements of our life. For example, if you believe that God desires you to to leave your family and your worldly goods behind, then of course this is going to have an impact on your life choices and your life chances. So it's really important, I believe, to think about God. Who is God? What is God? What is the nature of God? And see whether it's something that you can get on board with, whatever beliefs that you hold about God. So the Christian version of God, it didn't work for me. It wasn't working for me. And I wasn't simply, I wasn't prepared to simply change or swap one deity for another deity because you know that's what other people believed or it was popular in the new age or spiritual circle or whatnot so I've been over the years I think beginning to develop my own understanding of the nature of God um testing it out to see what works for me what makes sense for me whether it's something I can get on board with whether it explains some of my own life experiences or not and um for me this has been really important to develop these images 
because it means that I then have a more realistic understanding of the fact that, you know, for example, bad things happen in the world. Bad things are allowed to happen in the world for whatever reason. And I think so many people reject God because of how cruel life can be. And honestly, and honestly, when I go through those times and I have been, I have been going through those times this year when I just look around me and life is just crazy. There's sickness, there's inequality, there's unfairness, there's injustice in the world and my heart breaks. My soul hurts so much and sometimes I just feel so small and so powerless and I feel like I need to develop an understanding that gives me strength to continue on when I don't feel like I can continue on. As a mother, my heart hurts to think that my little girl is going to grow up in such a world. And I know that the beliefs that I, I develop for myself now will, will either help or hinder myself and her to move forward in a way that enables her to keep on growing, to keep on moving forward, to keep on living as best as she can and to keep on um, thriving. So do I, just because bad things are happening in the world, do I then go, well, God can't exist if bad things are happening in the world? Or do I begin to reframe my understanding of who or what God is to make sense of the experiences and what I'm seeing and what is happening in the world? I choose the second. And I'm not saying that I have the answer, but today what I would like to do is share my current three impressions or conceptions of God that I'm working through and you will see that each of these they have their own energy and that's really important to note because that influences what what I believe about the world what I believe about myself and that in turn impacts how I'm showing up in life and for life and the type of life I am creating for myself and you may even see some of these beliefs in yourself um, when I go through them. So my current three <clears throat> images of God. So number one, God is perfect, but dot, dot, dot. And that dot, dot, dot is important. But firstly, when I say perfect, I don't mean the human definition of perfect. I really mean that God is complete or whole, self-sufficient and not lacking. I also don't see God as a person or thing, but as life instinct or life energy. And it's funny actually, because life energy in Chinese is qi or qi. Life in Hebrew is qi or chai, lechayim, kind of say that's to life, the um, little celebration um phrase that they say and God in Ibo which is my native tongue in Nigeria 
is chi as well. So, you know, there's something there around, you know, life, essence and God being kind of similar. So God to me is the essence or energy of life. So in this image of God, I see life energy as perfect. So whole, complete in itself, self-sufficient, not lacking, but unconcerned with the day-to-day living and running of life. Instead, what this life energy is primarily focused on is the pulsating rhythm and blood that continually leads us upwards towards evolution and perfection. So the overall goal or the overall drive behind this life energy is our continual evolution and movement towards perfection. Its desire is our evolution and our growth and our continual perfection. Everything that we then experience on this earth is part of this evolutionary journey. Bad exists, chaos exists. However, I believe that this life energy resources us to navigate it through spiritual gifts, such as love and grace and and other things. Um, But these are examples. I think if anything, we are invited by this life energy to be small gods in the world, working towards and co-creating our our evolution and both our personal evolution and our collective evolution. I don't I I don't actually know and I don't think it's important to me what happens after we die. Um, what I mean by that is I don't know. I haven't come to a, a conclusion about whether we turn to stardust, whether we return to earth, whether we simply fade away, whether we're absorbed into life energy, whether we re- re- reincarnate. I haven't thought about it um, because that's not the purpose behind why this image of God exists for me. It's really to help me understand why bad stuff happens in life and to I guess resource me with something that helps me move forward so that's the first um, image of God that I have the second image of God is God as a moral life energy this is a funny one because I had never actually questioned the morality of God before until I heard someone say that God is amoral and that really made me think. The idea of God as amoral is that God's not concerned about right or wrong, good or bad or even justice I would say. Um, those are human-centric judgments and and God treats everyone equally, treats everyone the same. From a Christian perspective, it would be scriptures that say things like God causes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous and that God isn't a respecter of persons. So it's kind of that neutrality. There's no favoritism here. Growing up, I've always seen God as moral because that's basically what I was taught. God is the gatekeeper of what is right and wrong, good or bad and all of that. And we are created in the image of God. 
right? That's what the Bible teaches us. So according to the Bible, um, we should automatically know right from wrong and good from bad. If that's the case, if you know God is moral and we are created in the image of God, then it kind of goes to follow that inherently we should know this stuff. We shouldn't have to be taught this stuff. However, that's not the case because apparently we needed to get our knowledge of good and evil from a tree. So if I look around the world, we like to, in the Christian circle, there's this thing about blaming, we either blame God for sin or, you know, we blame the devil for sin. You know, there's, there's all this thing outside of us about why sin and evil exists. But from my experience, humans aren't very good at being good. We're not that, we're not that good at being moral. Um, and there's actually a lot more evidence to show in nature that some animals are better at altruism and helping behavior than humans. And that's something for us to, to think about. So what if God is in fact amoral? What if he's not concerned with good and bad judgments, right or wrong and things like that? What might that look like? So I see this image of God as being closest um, to the essence and power of nature. Nature is both beautiful and terrible. It's awful and awesome. You know, it's just so powerful and uncontainable. It's neither good or bad. It just is. And what this, what I feel this life energy cares most about is maintaining life through universal and natural order and balance. As a result, life and death, good and bad, they just exist in the world because they're part of the natural cosmic order. For whatever reason, I do not know, but they exist. They have a place. They have a purpose here. It's yin, yang. I see this relating a lot more to, I, I see this relating a lot to um, other religions and, and kind of spiritual paths that we we have in the in the world so for example nature-based deities and images of god like if i think about african ancestral deities like they were linked to seasons and elements and days basically they were paganic gods um so and all of those were linked to to nature and some of them were benevolent some of them were angry but they they all they all seem to have this kind of this energy about them but there are also some other bits that um <clears throat> that i also include in this image of god we call them universal principles and laws and they help us to kind of understand more about the natural and universal order so a common one that's cited within christian circles is reaping what we sow that's called law of attraction in other circles. Other laws and principles include the law of cause and effect, um, which is basically that every action has a reaction or consequence. So it's kind of, when I see this image of God, it's very much based in um, nature. It's very much based in the universe. It's very much, um, it's very pragmatic and I would say a risk-free view of God is that in that God is very neutral. 
um, and, and distant. There's no emotions attached here. Um, but at the same time, it also creates in me a sense of anxiety. Um, uh, and I think that comes from the unpredictable and scary nature of this image of God. Like for me, if I was going to give like a human depiction of what it feels like to have this image of God or to work with this image of God, it's like, you know, I've got a parent who is, who is a little bit unpredictable. Like, I don't know whether mum or dad is going to come into the house and be in a good mood or in a bad mood. And, and I know that I need to kind of be on my guard and I need, and, and there's a lot of time and energy spent trying to work out how to stay on the good side of this parent. So that's how this image of God kind of makes me feel. And it's not an image of God that I want to roll with. It doesn't make me feel expansive at all. Um, it actually reminds me a lot of Darwinian survival of the fittest energy, you know, in this and, and I see it a lot in the world. And I do actually feel that this is the blueprint that the world lives in. It's very competitive and fearful and fear-based energy. And actually, when I'm feeling the most defeated and down, this is the image of God that my brain goes to. You know, it, it it's not an image of God that, that gives me much um, joy or hope or positivity. Um, so I would really hate if God turned out to be this way personally, but it's a very pragmatic risk-free view of God. If you wanted to roll with the whole, um, God as amoral, neutral energy, then you have to work out basically how to get the most out of, of life. So the third image of God that I have is God as an imperfect but benevolent learner. So in this, I am open, I guess, to God possibly being a being um, that created the universe or, again, going with the idea that God here is life energy. But regardless of whether God is a being or life energy, it's the idea that God is imperfect. So when I say imperfect, what I mean is incomplete. God is learning and growing and evolving just as we are learning and growing and evolving. However, God is invested in his creation and is benevolent towards us. He cares, he or she, they care about us. They want what is best to, best for us. And what I love about this image of God is that we are learning together. Um, as God learns and grows, we are being given more resources and we are resource, resourced more and more um, and supported more and more to expand, evolve and change um, for the better. And if I was going to see this as human terms, I again go back to the analogy of parent-child um, so this is an image of a, a mother or parent and their child. So God is an imperfect mother. Um, and if you've been following me on Substack or anywhere else for a while, you may remember that I did write a post on God as mother. I wrote a few posts 
And I think that this ties back into how just this conception of God really makes me feel. So God is an imperfect mother or perfect imperfect parent who wants the best for their child, but is learning what that means with each interaction. So the child is in a relationship. It's an interdependent relationship. Um, and there's a feeling, a sense that you're being on this, that you're on the same team. It's a completely different feel for me to the other two, uh, because in this, I feel so loved and so supported, even though God here is incomplete and imperfect, the benevolence or the goodness towards me makes up for everything else. God is learning and growing and evolving and hasn't got it right because God is imperfect and no one can get it right. I think the challenge with this concept of God is can we allow for God to be imperfect because if you've been like in Christian um, faith or tradition and some others God must always be perfect and for me that's really seriously problematic because if God is perfect and allows bad things to happen then why why does it happen then you come back to the other two kind of um, images of God that I spoke about earlier, if God is imperfect, then hey, God kind of messed up making the universe, but you know, he's, he, she, they are trying to make amends as they go along, or it is trying to make amends. <clears throat> so it has a completely different feel for me than the other two. Um, for me, it's my most reassuring, healing and hopeful image of God. And it really does make me feel safe and loved. So what's the point then in asking all these questions about, you know, who is God and what's the nature of God? What's the nature of God? What's the point of even thinking about the nature of God? Hopefully you can see that there is a point in thinking about it because number one, it explains why God doesn't intervene, why bad stuff happens in the world. But it's also for me as a person, as a human being, um, the Christian narrative is that God gives us free will. But the Christian narrative also leads to a lot of dis disempowerment and finger pointing. It takes away personal responsibility and accountability. So when things in the world are looking bad, we like to look outside of us. We like to look outside of us for blame and finger pointing. Or we like to look outside of us for a saviour. We like to look outside of us for the great I am to come and fix things. We don't recognize or see our own role and responsibility in creating the creation and the reality that we live in. And that means that when it comes to change or healing, we're still looking for something outside of us that has power to come and fix for us. So this was something that I needed to think about when I was thinking about, okay, my image of, of God is. And I wrote um, a post a little while a little while back I think I entitled it something as God as thought which links into this because whether God exists 
in any of these free images or something completely different, or even as the Christian God, if that just so happens to be the case, or any other God. It doesn't really matter because we live on this earth right now and we are creating our reality. So what we choose to believe does matter. What we choose to believe has an impact on how we live the rest of our days, how we continue to walk out on earth. I feel like the question, God, where are you, is still looking for somebody to come and save and fix someone to lay the blame at the feet of when life doesn't go to plan. But in recognising that there may, there may be a God that exists outside of this, that allows these things to happen as part and parcel of life, of life for whatever reason, then we become empowered to go, okay, so this is the reality of life. Okay, so what comes next? What do I need to do? Who do I need to be to, what kind of God do I want to think or believe exists in the world to help me get through this life as best as I can? Personally, I want to live from an empowered space. I don't want to live in a defeatist, disempowered state. And I know that what I choose to believe can either help me or hinder me. So that's why I'm sharing this today, not to make you believe any of the free images of God that I put forward. That's stuff that I've, I've worked out and I am working out for myself, but really to challenge you in like your conception of God, your image of God. How, as I, as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, our image of God is often challenged by, by things that life throw at us. How are you changing, shifting, reframing your image of God so that it works for you and not against you, in a nutshell? So, God, who are you versus God, where are you? I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's podcast. I am not sure when the next episode will be, probably next month, but it may be, I don't know. Um... I'll put some links to a few posts that I think link back well with this topic. Um, But if you are not a subscriber to the website, then please do subscribe because I do post there more regularly than I will be um, releasing episodes here. Take care and I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. You can connect with me on my Substack newsletter unfolding to follow my journey and to find out if you're interested how we can work together. Go to my website, becomingbeyondeconstruction.com. And if you're interested in supporting the work, then please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash living from soul. My name is Florence Okusogu and I'll see you on the next episode of Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction.
Thank you.